but for the accident of birth, you might be even as they are. They did not ask to be brought into the world, but into the world they came. Their code is a law unto themselves. Offend one, and you offend them all. Small Town Horror with Johnny and Randy. Come on down, folks, and take a look around. Alrighty, what is going on, everyone? This is another episode of Small Town Horror with Johnny and Randy. And you know the spiel. I am Johnny. And I'm Randy. Not Austin Powers, Randy. <laughs> and uh, this week's episode is going to be a unique one. <clears throat> It's a movie that I have never seen. Randy's never seen before. Uh, this was made back in the 30s. 1932. Yes. And our last episode was The Fly, oh, which I felt like it went really well. Man, it's such a good movie. Yes. And if you listen to The Fly, you do know that we've changed our uh, <clears throat> podcast up on how we do uh, the movies. We don't go scene by scene anymore. We just discuss it. Uh, the film, and it uh, gives us both a chance to equally talk on the uh, episodes. So, For sure. Uh, with that being said, uh, before we get into it, um, Randy, what do you think? Like, not not to spoil it, just <clears throat> the like I told you, I don't know if before the, tonight, I don't know if I've ever seen it before. I know that there are certain pictures and clips of it that I've seen. Yeah, the one scene that I remember the most is the wedding, the wedding, the wedding party scene. Yeah. That's what I remember the most from it. And the song, the We Acceptor, one of... I remember that. Okay. But I don't know if I've ever seen all the movies. Like, I don't think I have before this time. Okay. It wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. But it wasn't... Once it started going and I realized it wasn't going to be what I thought it was going to be, I got into it to watch it and just kind of watch the... It was a quick story. Yes. And it, it, it kind of, like, takes off. And you kind of get a little bit of background, mm -hmm. but it kind of starts at the end before it gets going to the beginning. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't bad at all. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say it, uh, not to give my score or anything, but I was going to use this in my rating, <clears throat> but I know I'll end up forgetting. Uh, what I enjoyed about it was the buildup. Yeah. Because you did realize, okay, something's going down. Oh, yeah. And it, But... Um, I think I shared it. It may have been on the last podcast or the last episode, but I had a book I told you I bought at like Barnes and Noble or Books Million, and it was like 100 horror movies must see or whatever, and this was in it. Mm -hmm. And it, and I do remember seeing the picture of the woman in the box, yeah, as like a duck or half duck, but I never knew what that was. Yeah. So I mean, other than that, but. Uh, yeah, it, I'm like you. It wasn't really what I thought it was going to be, but we'll get more into that uh, as we go along. <clears throat> but uh, we do appreciate everyone listening uh, to the podcast, and we'll go ahead and do the spiel. Uh, follow us on social media on Small Town Horror with Johnny and Randy on Facebook. On Instagram, we're Small Town Horror, uh, Johnny underscore Randy. And give us a follow on Twitter. Our handle is at Small T Horror Pod. 
And the Gmail thing, I'm not even going to say because we don't even get no email. So, uh, uh, uh. yeah, it's Small Town Horwood, JR Pod. You still gave at it. At gmail.com. You still gave it. You still gave it. Still gave it. You know, the only only person that ever sends us an email is your brother, and he complains that you don't ever read them. Yeah. But I, but I think it's just because it's your brother. I read them, but he gives crappy movies. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> hey, he gave us one the other day that we're going to have to do. What was that? Black Phone. Yeah, I haven't seen it. No, we're going to have to do it. Uh, but <clears throat> where we get a lot of our interactions is Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. That's where we get a lot of ours. But, I mean, hey, at least we're getting it. Hey, that's all that matters. Uh, and so, we're getting reviews on iTunes, too. Yes, sir. Anytime you want to leave us a little five-star, let me know. So, anyway. Uh, uh, you know, you got to uh, plug it in. Go ahead and uh, hit that summary, Randy. <coughs> <coughs> that too much? Yes. Much too much? Uh, much too much. Mm-hmm. A circus beautiful trapeze artist agrees to marry the leader of a sideshow of performers, but his deformed friends discover she is only marrying him for his inheritance. That answers the question that I have. I was wondering if uh, Hans was the leader of the sideshow. Yep. Because it never really said. Right. It just You just kind of assumed that he was yeah. because he was the well-dressed, you know, yeah. such yeah. and such. But I was curious about that. <clears throat> so, yeah. So Freaks was directed, it released in on February 20th of 1932, directed by Todd Browning. And um, cast, I don't know anybody in the cast. Like, I don't, I can't say that. Wallace Ford, I think, is the only one that sounds vaguely familiar. Dang, 90 years ago. 1932. Yep. <clears throat> so we've got Olga Bakalanova, who plays Cleopatra. Schlitzy plays Pinhead, Harry Earlies, and Daisy Earlies play Hans and Frida, which, fun fact, they were engaged in the movie, yeah. but in real life, they are brother and sister. That's cool. We have Johnny Eck plays the half-boy, the guy that walked on his hands. Martha Morris plays the armless girl. Prince Rad- Randina plays the living torso, the black guy that was rolling around the whole time. Mm-hmm. You have Elvira Snow and Jenny Lee Snow played Pinhead Pip and Pinhead Zip. Layla, or Leela Himes, played Venus. Wallace mm-hmm. Ford played, for, what was his name? For, Forozo? For, uh, the Clown? Yeah. I have to look at it. Forozo, I think that's how you say it. And what about he, Hercules? Is he on that? Henry Victor was played, uh, played Hercules. Oh, okay, right on. And that's pretty much, I mean, there was the Siamese Twins, mm-hmm. Daisy Hilton uh, played Siamese Twin 1, um, and it doesn't have the second one. Where's the stuttering guy? Where was he at? He was Roscoe Addis played Roscoe. Yeah, he did good. Yeah, yeah, I thought he did pretty good. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's the majority of them. Right on. The important freaks, I guess. Good deal. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> so don't get rid of that cast because I'm gonna need it. <laughs> Some of them are hard to pronounce. Yeah, I know. But uh, so to go ahead, are you ready to get into it, or is there anything you want to share with us? Oh, I'm ready. How you feeling after you're having your little COVID experience? Uh, <clears throat> I felt good all week until I got back to work today, and this, I guess just moving around it was. Whew. This man has dodged COVID for two years, two and a half, almost three years, never changing anything, and then. Yeah. 
He finally got it. Finally got caught. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm good. I woke up this morning, so I'm good to go. There you go. It's a blessing. <laughs> yes, sir. All righty. So pretty much the, I know you read the summary, but we're going to yep. go into more detail. But pretty much Freaks, if you haven't seen it, this film is about, <clears throat> excuse me, already started talking. I lose my voice. Yeah, really. Uh, there is a dwarf named Hans, mm -hmm. and he is engaged to another dwarf, and her name is Frida. Frida. And they're a cute little couple. Yeah. And he's actually what's uh he's actually in love with uh Cleopatra. Yep. She's like the queen of the circus, this traveling circus. And Cleopatra is in love with Hercules. Mm -hmm. But but we find out at the beginning that Hercules is actually dating uh Venus. Yep. For a whole five seconds. Yeah, and pretty much when it cuts over to them, and I, that's one thing I will say, um, at the beginning how it introduces the characters, it goes from their little, what would you call that, little wagons? Yeah. Uh, their little wagons to each couple, so you can see, or just person, so you're getting the feel of who yeah, everybody is. The ver the first, like, 10, 15 minutes yeah. is basically them going from, from trailer to trailer. If there you go, trailer, And, yeah. and then... Getting you like a brief little introduction to to the people, right? And all we see is Venus. She's in Hercules' little trailer, and she's getting all of her stuff. And pretty much in a nutshell, she's telling them, "Look, it's over because the only reason you're with me is for the money." Yep. And uh, he even like there's one thing that he even takes out of her hand. And he's like, "You're not taking this. I bought this for you." It was like perfume or something. Yeah, you know, which is like the probably the only thing he ever bought her. Yeah. And. Anyway, make a long story short, so the film is about Cleopatra and Hercules together, but Cleopatra realizes that Hans, the little dwarf, is in love with her. And like the very first scene it shows with them, Cleopatra's up on the uh, grandstand, like she's up in the swing doing her stuff, and Hans is just amazed by her. He's watching her. You can tell he, he really likes her. He thinks she's the most, hey, what's he say? She's the most beautiful big woman I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and even Frida asked him, she's like, should I be worried? And he's like, no, my darling, you know. And, yeah. But um, as Frida's getting ready to actually go out and do her little performance with the little horse, when Cleopatra comes through, she realizes that Hans is watching her. Like, he's checking her out. Oh, you know, yeah, he, he shows. Too, and she has, like, this little cape on, and she drops it where he picks it up and puts it on her. And once she realizes that, okay, this guy likes me, and then she kind of like flirts with him for a little bit. Well, then later on in the movie, she's talking to him again. Now she's calling him darling. But she mentions, I need to borrow another $1,000 mm -hmm. from last time. And when <clears throat> I get paid, I'll give it back to you. So see, now we already know from that time, that time period. She's just letting him on to get his money. Yes. And then she finds out from Frida that he inherited a fortune. And now she gets with Hercules and she's like, all right, we got to figure out a way I can marry him. And I could do, you know, we can get them sick. Them dwarves, midgets aren't that, her exact words are midgets aren't that strong. Yes. And um, we could get them sick. And basically, she just lets it be known that, hey, I can bury them and then kill them and get his money. Yeah, because it comes out, because Freda, uh, she she loves them. They're actually engaged. Yep. But Freda goes to uh, Cleopatra and tells her, you're only wanting him for the inheritance. 
And she shouldn't have said it because Cleopatra's like, inheritance. Like, she didn't realize it. No, she had no idea. So that's when she realizes, okay, I can marry him, get the inheritance, and then kill him. So pretty much the summary of it is, is it's a love triangle, sort of. Mm-hmm. Cleopatra marries Hans <clears throat> to get his money, and she's slowly poisoning him. And the other freaks are realizing what she's doing. And Frida even makes it be known that they, she's like laughing. Like she's talking about how everybody with the circus, not the freaks, but everybody else in the circus is basically just making one big joke out of them too. Yes. And the whole time, anytime that um, Cleopatra does anything with Hans, she's kind of laughing about it and snickering behind his back too. So right. it's, it's for her, it's just one big joke until she finds out he's rich. Yes. And then they go about, she goes about getting married to him. And then she tries to poison him. She, he realizes what she's doing. Mm-hmm. He catches her. And then he even makes a comment later on, closer to the end, to one of the other freaks that he's like, tonight's the night. Yes. We're going to get this taken care of. Yes. And, um, yeah. Perfect per- perfect thing to do it. at. A, uh, the circus is traveling through the night. It's storming. It's raining. And Hercules is out to kill Venus because Venus realizes what's going on. And she oh, yeah. even threatens in the movie... I'll go to the police officers. Yep. I'll go to the coppers. I'll go to the coppers. So the whole plan is Hercules sneaks out of his trailer at, in the middle of the night to go to Venus's trailer to kill her. Uh, but this entire time, Venus and <clears throat> the clown... Forzo. Forzo has... They've gone, gotten together, yeah. Yeah. So he goes to save Venus from Hercules. And, man, no. it's just... It's a showdown. Yeah, and then the whole time that's happening while they're fighting, the freaks are chasing... Um, Cleopatra. Cleopatra through the woods, and they finally catch her, and that's when we get shot right back to the beginning of the movie. Yes, when he's showing what's in the the box, and it ends up being Cleopatra as a half chicken. Yes, because and um, when she goes to poison Hans again, and all the freaks are around, he he sets up Hans does he goes give me the black bottle. Mm-hmm. And she turns around and looks, and one of the freaks pulls a big knife out and starts cleaning it. The other one pulls out a pistol. Starts cleaning it. And she doesn't know. Okay, they're about to get it. So they're they're like, no more playing games. Mm-hmm. We're done. But pretty much, like I said, that's it of the summary. Of the film is just grown woman, big woman, what, do you, what they call big, her. Big woman. Cleopatra yeah. uses her beauty to seduce a freak. That I'm just going by what yeah, they say. Yeah. Seduces a freak, abuses him, tries to steal his money by kill, trying to kill him. She poisons him. And it's just a bunch of, a band of freaks uh, protecting their own. Yep. And that's pretty much the summary of the film. Yeah, that's the movie in a nutshell. Yeah. Basically. <clears throat> but. And I will say that with this being such an old movie, like I said, it's 90 years old. Yeah. Over 90 years old. I was pleasantly surprised with some of the acting. I don't feel like the acting was corny the way I thought an older movie like that would be. There were certain actors and actresses or whatever that did kind of have a corny feel to them. Yeah. But. For it to be 90 years old, I thought the acting was was really good. Me, personally, like I said, when, I'm not going to lie to you. When we first started watching it, it had such a humor about it. Yeah. <clears throat> that I felt like I was watching a Three <clears throat> Stooges episode. Yeah. Or Abbott and Costello. Something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing that I've noticed a lot of these older films do is they have the music playing constantly. All the time through the whole and, movie. But what I noticed was halfway through the movie, the music stopped. Yeah. Like when it got serious, the music quit. Mm-hmm. 
And it it, uh, it was it was the music stopped right before the big wedding feast. So I I, I think to me, in my opinion, I may be wrong. It would it would have probably been more of a distraction to have that old '30s background music playing while they're getting serious. I think I think the reason they probably may have done that because at the end of the movie, closer to the end of the movie, the music had changed. Yeah, it was more of the sinister type feel to it. Mm-hmm. So it was almost like they shut the music off for that wedding scene, let you get a feel of what was fixing to happen, and then shifted gears. Right. You know, because right. I mean, you even said, "You sure this is listed as a horror?" Yeah, and it's it's list, listed as a drama horror. So it's like, but another thing to take to take into consideration with this being listed as a horror movie, this is a 1932 horror movie. Right. Older horror movies aren't going to be horror like we know them today. Exactly. So I can see like there were scenes in the movie. It was mainly at the end of the movie where they were chasing Cleopatra, and some of those shots were freaky looking. Oh like, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, were definitely like really bad, freaky looking. Um. But yeah, that, I mean, that's the one thing that stood out to me as far as the acting goes. I don't think the acting was as bad as I thought it might be being such an older movie. Right. I mean, right. I've seen worse acting in some of the 70s and 80s <laughs> movies that we've watched. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the one, one thing I did like is uh, like the Siamese twins, the ones that were stuck together, mm-hmm. which I may be wrong. As far as I know, they weren't really stuck together. It, it looked like they had a belt around their waist. Yeah, like it, <laughs> but one of them, I don't even know the name, was married to... Uh, Roscoe, and I thought he did a good job. His stuttering. Roscoe was probably the best actor for me. Yes, and every time the other twin, because the, his <clears throat> sister-in-law didn't really care for him, and he was like, "Now you can't be staying up drinking all night," you know. He was stuttering, and every time she'd go, "Come on, I gotta go get ready," he goes, "Oh, you're always using that excuse," and then he'd go, "Alibi," or what do you say? He said, "Alibi." Yeah, alibi. You're always using that as an excuse or an alibi. But uh, I thought he played it really good. Yeah. I thought the guy that played the clown good. Forzo, I thought, was really good. Yeah. Uh, Wallace Ford, was that his name? Uh, yeah, yeah, Wallace Ford. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I thought Wallace Ford was a was a good job. Because there were scenes like when he was in the tub. Mm-hmm. Oh, it looked yes. like he was outside taking a bath. Yeah. She come up talking to him. She was ready to go out because they were supposed to go out on a, a town the night or whatever. And it looked like he was just taking a bath. Yeah. Well, then all of a sudden he hunkers over, gets down, and then comes out from underneath the tub and yeah. put wheels on it. And he was like, you like that gag, don't you? Yeah, yeah. It was just to, like his to, whole spiel was he was the clown, he was the jokester, he was coming up with gags and stuff like that. Well, he had his shirt off. Yeah. And when she come over there, I, you know, and even me now, I was like, dang, she's walking right up there and that dude naked washing <clears throat> everything, you know? And But... I honestly, I really think when he went, because when he went down, I thought he was washing himself off. Yeah, I did too. When he went down, he came up and he said, you like that gag, don't you? I swear they had to go, this is for the audience. Yeah. Like, he was like the audience, like, hey, I like that in y'all. I could see this being one of those movies that they may have done live at one point. Yeah. And then that was a way, like, if, if you would improvise some of that and get the audience in with it. Right. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if this movie had a laugh track behind it, if it was actual live audience. Yeah. But... I mean, because there was some some funny parts in it, and it wasn't necessarily like knee slapping funny or like it, it was just like quick chuckle funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, <clears throat> the, the the film kept me wanting to know. Okay, when, when's the suspense? When's the horror? What's yeah. going to happen? And as it slowly built up to Cleopatra and Hercules trying to get rid of, I thought they were going to like smother the dude. Yeah, you know? like I didn't know what they were going to do. But I will say <laughs> one thing. In my opinion, this film did 
one of the very first scenes is all the freaks are out running around playing, having a good time. And two men are talking. And mm-hmm. one of them makes the comment. I don't know how he phrased it, but it was something like, these are the type of people that you smother as an infant. Because, or, or lock away. Or lock away. Yeah. And when uh, the guy, I guess it's his land, when he's like, where are they? And you see all of them playing. Well, as soon as they see the two men come up, they take off running and scared. And I don't know if she's like the mama of them. Not like, I'm not saying yeah, biological. Yeah, like the mother figure. Yeah. yeah. But she's like, I let the children come out and play. And he's like, children, those are uh, freaks. Or these are whatever. But the man's like, children. You know, he just kind of looks and he's like, go ahead and proceed. Do what you got to do. I will say that kind of tugged at me. Yeah. Because I was like, man, they're different. I get that. But there well, she, was, it was so harsh the way that they treated like that, man. Well, she even made the comment like after they goes away, she's like, "I told you, shame on you." God watches over all His children. Yes, and Schlitzie is the the uh, group, the three of the pinheads mm-hmm. is what they're called. Is yeah. Schlitzie is the one that you you know really kind of connect with out of those people? Yeah, because she really does seem like she's just a kind hearted bigger kid. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I mean, there's even a scene where Forzo is talking to her, and he's like, "Slitzy, that's such a pretty dress." And you can see her kind of blushing. Oh yeah. And he's like, "You know, when I go to Paris, I'm gonna get you a big hat with a big feather." And she's just like, "Stop it!" You know? Yeah. And it's just like a sweet interaction. And you I can, and I loved when the other two pinheads come up. Yeah. And he was like, "Oh, and there's you, you guys." And he's like, "And when I get to Paris, I'm gonna get y'all one with an even bigger uh, feather." And then, uh, like you said, Slitzy, Slitzy, yeah. She even walks up. And she's like. No, no, no. Yeah. She goes there and she pops him and he's laughing because, yeah. you know, you can tell she's lovable. Yeah. She's playing. Uh, I just, that's one thing that shocked me is for this being a 1932 film, like I said, it being 80, what was it, what was it 90 years? 90 years to this year. February yeah. 20th of this year was 90 years. For it to at least tug a little bit on, yeah. on me, I was like, wow, you know, because I don't know, you do, you look at, and this sounds harsh, but let's be real. If you go to a circus or sideshow and you they do have a freaks thing, you don't go in there going, oh, you go in there and you're like, oh. Yeah, holy cow, what is that? Yeah. yeah. And it really makes you think that these people can't do job, can't have a normal job. And this is their life to go around for people to point, laugh, mock, say whatever they want to say, and they're getting paid for it. Well, once they start getting into the story, like outside of the Carnival Barker at the very beginning of it, they let it be known how people feel about these these people when they call them freaks and they say they should be smothered and you see the way the other you know carnival actors or the circus actors are treating the other you know the, what they call the freaks. Yeah, you can really see how they feel about them. But then you can kind of see how the freaks kind of get together and they're like, all right, we ain't gonna let that you know. Right, we're not gonna let that that stand. You know, and I don't know. It's um, well, like okay, we'll go to the wedding feast. This is, I'm guessing, the big, uh, I don't know what you would say. This is the big climax part of the film where they, you know that Cleopatra just married Hans. And she's getting him tipsy. And I, I thought she was getting all of them tipsy. But she's getting them all drunk. and Or she's getting Hans drunk. And it shows that she puts something in a bottle. And it's a wine bottle. And it says uh, the date is 1914. And, uh, you know, she's like, here, drink, drink. And she's talking to Hans and she pours him a big old glass. And Hans is sitting there drinking it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the, and the reason I'm point, pointing this out because you'll laugh. 
when they all start getting up on the table and they're like, we accept her of one mm-hmm. of us. He, they pour, I don't, I think they pour it all in one glass, like all this big yeah. wine and they go to each freak and they all take a drink. Yep. The entire time I was like, Mm-mm, no, <laughs> no, cause I don't, Randy can tell you, I don't drink after nobody. I don't drink after my kids. I don't drink after my wife. Can't stand it. That's disgusting to me. And all these people were drinking out this one giant. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then when they walked it over to her, I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, I'd smash it out of his hand <laughs> in a heartbeat. You know, and that's, but that's how quick I was like, I, I'm boo that. But I thought, to me, I think that's the best scene of the entire movie. The wedding thing? Yes, because they, they whoever wrote it and how they played it out, I thought they did perfect. Yeah. And I wonder if it wasn't necessarily a scene that they said, hey, this is your line. This is what you're going to say. They, I, I wonder how much of that was just them having a good time. Right. And, and I mean, because, yes, this was 1932. There was, these people had something that they were born with at that, you know, time. This yeah. day and age, it's not as prevalent as it was back then. And they weren't treated I mean, they're not treated that way now. Yeah. But this was like their way of shining, I guess you could say. Yeah. So that they were on TV, they were having a good time. So I wonder how much of it was the actor or the director saying, you guys just have a good time. This is kind of what we want to happen. Make sure you kind get of, make sure you get some of these lines in. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But I wonder how much of that, because it, it really did seem like there were, there were scenes where Schlitzy took a drink of it. And you could kind of look at her, and she was just kind of looking at everybody else, and she was cleaning the table off and stuff like that. So yeah. how much of that was them being themselves? Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, to go along with that scene is I like the fact of how they had it where Cleopatra set herself up. Because she got herself drunk. Yeah. And kind of, like, she's and she looks at Hercules at one point, and she's like, oh, I'm, uh, so, I'm so happy I could just kiss you. And they make out right there. In front of Hans, her new husband, and all the freaks just kind of stop and look. And that just brings... Because Hans is happy. Yeah. He's like, I'm the luckiest man in the world. And that just brought him straight down. And she starts laughing. And she's like, look. And she calls him my little. Yeah. She's like, my little is jealous. And that's where it totally flipped for me where I was like... When she starts doing the horseback ride... That was bad. Hercules picks him up and puts him on his wife's shoulders. And she starts to... Yeah, to me, I was like, okay. That's bad. Yeah. Because he even puts his hands in his face. Or his face in his hands. Yeah. Hans does while he's on his shoulder. Yeah, he's he's upset. And I don't know, that right there, I ain't gonna lie to you, that right there got to me. I was like, man, I was like, that sucks. And, uh, but it was right after that where they're sitting in the trailer and he's swaying back and forth. They're talking and they're trying to, you know, kind of downplay the whole thing. And he's just like, I get it. It's me. You know, I'm the freak. He starts kind of laughing about it. And he was like, Hans the, what did he say? The the jokester, the joker. Mm-hmm. Or Hans. And he said, tell that to the divorce, in divorce court or something like that. And then out of nowhere, he just falls over. Yeah. Like he, you know. So he was going to leave her. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was getting ready to be done with it. So, and then they go about calling the doctor in. And she, you know, takes him back to his little trailer. And... The rest, like, for the next couple of minutes, it's basically her taking care of him, quote, unquote. But the doctor flat out tells him he's been poisoned. Yeah, he's been poisoned. And she kind of sets herself up to be the, the perfect wife because she was like, oh, so I shouldn't have given him the mustard water. She was like, he was like, no, that's probably what saved his life. So it was like she poisoned him, but then she got him better, so nobody thought anything. Mm-hmm. So then but she was giving him his medicine after that, and she was slowly putting more poison in it. 
And there was a scene where she gave him the medicine. And as soon as she turned around, he looked up at her. He kind of leaned up and he spit it back into a little cloth. Yes. So he knew what was going on. When he did that, I was like, oh, okay, there you go. He was slick. And then it was right after that when, um, who was it? Uh, The other uh, little guy, that guy. Uh, Angelino. Yeah, it was him. He came in. He watched her like a hawk. Yeah, he did. He was the one that came in and Hans was like, tonight's the night. Yeah. Um, Going back real quick to that wedding scene, though, because we really didn't discuss that one part. When actually it's Angel Angelino, mm-hmm. when he goes around and gets all the freaks to take a drink, and when he takes her to the cup, uh, what are they saying? We accept her as one of us. We accept her one of us. They basically the whole thing is they're they're making her one of them. And Hercules starts laughing, and he's like, "Ha! Huh, they're going to accept you as one of them. You're going to be a freak." Yeah. She gets upset, and she knocks the glass out, and and it goes all over uh, Angelino. And that's when uh, he's soaking wet, and that's when she's like, "You, I'll never be like you." Like she yeah. just starts tearing him a new one. Uh, but right then, that's when I was like, "Okay." That to me, that's when the whole script flipped. Yes, because everything started going in a completely different direction after that. So now, to me, is when the horror kind of started picking up, and this is when I say the horror is because all the freaks are hiding, watching. Uh, Hercules and Cleopatra, every one of her moves. Oh yeah, there's scenes where yeah, there's scenes where she's walking into her trailer and there's three or four of them underneath her trailer looking at her and just eyes peering through the steps. Yeah, and same thing with Hercules. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they'll be like they'll pan the camera around and there'll be a couple of people looking from behind a tree or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're not letting her out of their yeah. her or Hercules out of their sight. No, because they know Hercules as well is uh, is messing with Cleopatra. Oh yeah. See, one of my favorite scenes, though, is a little bit further. Once they start getting the caravans rolling and Hercules decides Venus knows too much and he's going to take care of her, he's jumping out to get into her. Once they start, once he starts tussling around with Forso and um, Hans calls out Cleopatra for poisoning mm-hmm. and he's trying to get the bottle, old boy points out the knife, guy pulls out the gun. When they start tussling around and then all the freaks quote unquote start getting together mm-hmm. and then you see one of them pop up with a knife and just has this like menacing look in their eyes and you see another one crawling underneath on all fours but it's, the, the one gets, that pulls out the knife actually that's what I thought was cool he pulls this knife out and he throws it because what it is is Hercules and uh, Forzo Forzo are fighting mm-hmm. they actually fall out of the trailer and like I said it's storming lightning Trailers are tipped over. They're underneath the trailer fighting. And he's about to kill Forza. Like, he's mm-hmm. choking them. Oh, yeah. And I wish that we knew which uh, which uh, freak it was. But he comes up, and he pulls that big long knife out, and he chunks it, and it gets Hercules in the side. Yeah. That's the part where I was like, oh, snaps. Because Hercules couldn't get up and run off. Right. And he was like their level. And that goes to the scene you were just talking about where they all start crawling toward him. Uh, the torso man's got a knife in his mouth, and he's rolling toward him. I mean, it's just this big buildup. Cleopatra, she's running, you know, because she knows they're all coming after her. She's running, screaming. And she even as she's even screaming, Hans, Hans. Like, I think she's trying to like, calm him down. Yeah. She gets to a tree. She's trying to catch her breath. She looks, and it looks creepy. Hans comes around. And is leading the pack, 
and then half boy is what they call him. He yeah. has, you know, he's running on his hands. Here he comes. I mean, they're getting, they're catching up. You know what I caught about that scene? What I thought was really cool. What is Hans the is the leader of this the the carnival the circus. Mm-hmm. What I thought was really cool is everybody had their hats on, everybody had their coats on and stuff like that. But when they're chasing her through the woods and you get a picture of all of them behind them, Hans is out there in his white shirt looking like the king. Oh, yeah. I loved it because <laughs> it stood out so much. You know, he had right. the blonde hair, but everybody else was crawling around and they were in their coats and their jackets and stuff like that. And Hans is walking in that white shirt like a gangster boy. Yeah, he's he, like, there she he, is. Get her. He was like, it's over now. I loved it. Uh, and then... As they're all running toward her, it just kind of fades off. And then, then it goes back to the beginning. And it show, and it's back to the guy talking about you know, the little clip you heard before the podcast started. About uh, she was the most beautiful woman in the world at one time and blah, blah, blah. Some of them wonder how she got this way. Was it the freaks? Was it the storm? Yeah. And he's like, but here she is. And then it shows Cleopatra. Half her body's missing. She looks like a duck, and she's quacking like a duck. She's all her eyes I all jacked up. Think it was a chicken, or chicken, I, whatever. I think she was half chicken. But uh, <clears throat> so we know that. I thought it was going to end right there. Yeah. Well, then it fades off and it comes back, and Hans is at his house. You can see his big house. Oh, he's yeah. got a big old house. Dude's got it made. And uh, um, all of a sudden you hear, I guess his butler. He's mm-hmm. like, Hans, you got visitors. He's like, I don't want to see anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, and if, what it is is he feels bad. For what happened to Cleopatra. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think he it's not just Cleopatra. I think he feels bad because of what happened to the whole circus. With Frida. Yeah. With Frida and everything, yeah. So, he's like, I don't want any visitors. Well, then walks in uh, Venus and Forzo. Forzo. And Frida. Yes. And he's like, uh, please leave me. Just please go. And they're like, what do you mean? They're like, we're not going to leave. And he's like, uh, Forzo's talking to him. He's like, there's somebody that's really wanting to see you. And that's when Frida walks in. And as they're over there talking, he's like, I don't deserve it. And she's, she's like, it was not your fault. You see uh, Venus kind of smile. And she looks at For- uh, Forzo and she's like, let's go. Yeah. So they leave the room. And she's ha- and it go- cuts back to Hans. He's actually like in her lap. Yeah, and she's just kind of stroking his hair. Yeah, and she's like, Hans, I just want you to know I love you. Yeah, it's okay. I love you. She just keeps saying, I love you. And then it fades off. and it, Or no, and then it just says, the end. And then it fades off to the credits. Yep. Um, but I've got to say, one of my favorite parts in the film itself, and one because they showed that the guy could do it, and he, they never cut it, was the uh, living torso. Yeah. The guy showed because he said I can do anything with my mouth that I can with my hands, mm-hmm. and I love that it showed him. <clears throat> he had a cigarette. He gets his box of matches. He opens the matches, uh, takes it out, gets his, or no, he's got a cigarette in his mouth. Then he opens the box of matches, puts the match on his left side. The cigarette's on his right. He's able to put the match uh, or the cigarette inside the uh, what is it? Well, yeah, he he takes the matchbox, takes the match out, flips the box over, strikes the match with his mouth while he's still got a cigarette in his mouth, lays the match on its side yes, on the box, and then lights the cigarette off the match. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool yeah. how they did that, or how he did it. But they yeah. never they never cut it because they, they were like, hey, look, this dude's for real, you know? Yeah. And I think that was one of their ways of saying, hey, these people aren't helpless. Yeah, know, it's, yeah. It was like his way of saying this man can do whatever he wants to do. He was the one that come when they were chasing Cleopatra. He come rolling underneath one of the trailers and he had the knife in his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> it was like yeah. he was getting ready to go to town on somebody's ankles. 
so that's pretty much it that is the uh film uh randy i gave the rating last time i'll let you do the rating yes sir i will um do that yeah so like i said the movie wasn't what i thought it was gonna be and I, I mean, to be honest with you, I didn't know what to expect with it being listed as a horror movie. I thought there was going to be more horror to it um, in what we consider horror today. Now, 1932, I could see how some of this could have been horrific. Yeah. Especially I, I, for me, the more horrific part was how they treated what they called the freaks. Yeah, that was that was horrible. Um, today's age. I think the most you could say is this was probably drama, drama suspense. Yeah. For the most part. But back in them days, I could see how it would be classified as, as horrific. Um, I liked the old school feel. And I know it was an older movie and it didn't have an old school feel to it. But I, I liked the I liked the music. Mm-hmm. I thought the music was, was fitting. I thought the characters. I thought everybody did a great job. And... Um, I don't think that there was... Hercules was the only one that kind of got on my nerves. Did he? But I think he was supposed to. Probably. You know what I mean? I think he was the one that just kind of got... And there were certain scenes where Cleopatra was acting with Hercules that I thought, all right, that's terrible. Well, that's when it reminded me of like a Three Stooges thing. Yeah. The reason why I say that is because I love Three Stooges. Yeah. But if you watch sometimes like Hercules, he'd... <laughs> yeah. Like that. You know, his laugh. and how he moved dramatic his, laugh. Yeah. yeah, and stuff like that. I, I can see that. And like I said, there were scenes, and, and not necessarily scenes themselves, but particular actors or actresses that just kind of like, eh, you know, that's kind of rough. But right. it's a 90-year-old movie. Yeah. So you got to remember that back in the day that that was probably top-notch acting. Yeah. Um, I like the story. The story of the movie, even though it was a quick movie, it was only an hour, what, hour two minutes, hour four minutes. Yeah, the Voodoo story. said an hour two. This one says hour four. Yeah, right. I mean, it was it was a well developed story. Mm-hmm. They did a really good job developing it in that short amount of time, and they told a good story and they developed it from start to finish. Right, they told you what happened at the beginning. They showed you where it led through, and then it showed you what it led to. Yes, I thought they got a lot. Of, they did what a lot of movies can't do today. They can't accomplish all of that in a short amount of time. Yeah. Movies today have to be at least an hour and a half long. Oh, yeah. To get, and, then, and then once you watch a movie today that's an hour and a half long, it seems like it's about 10, 15 minutes too long. Yeah. Or yeah. you feel like it should have been another 25, 30 minutes longer to right. actually get everything enveloped. Um, I think the, the main focal point for me on it was the story and the way the story developed to the whole movie. Mm-hmm. I, thought everything, I, I thought everything about the story was really good. Um, I'm going to give it on the pulling scale. Pulling scale. Pulling scale. Pulling scale. Pulling scale. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Okay. I definitely think, if, especially if you're a nostalgic person, if you like older movies and... Yeah. I, I even told you I think we should have done this with Manasseferatu because I thought it would be like, it would go good together. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to give it a thumbs up if you like them old school movies, if you if you like black and white movies. If you're a fan of Charlie Chaplin, it's not a fu- Charlie Chaplin funny. No. But that old school feel with the black and white, with the music and stuff like that, right. it gives you that old school nostalgic feel. Um I'm going to give a thumbs up. If you're a collector, especially if you're a collector of older movies, definitely think you ought to add it to your collection. And I'm actually going to give it a B. A B. I'm going to give it a B. Okay. I, I, I enjoyed it for different reasons than I thought I would from the very beginning. Before <laughs> ever watching a movie. I enjoyed it for different reasons. Right on. 
Um, I, I did. I enjoyed the film. Uh, it kept my attention the entire time. I do feel like if it had been longer, uh, it would probably got more boring. Oh, yeah. Or not, I, well, I say that. Not more boring, but it would have been like, okay, where's the horror at? But now, if I was living in the 30s, I don't know if they were like, oh, this is a scary movie. Yeah. They just went to the movies. Yeah. We classified that, or, you know, it was uh, classified as horror drama. So we're like, okay, where's the horror at? Where's the horror right. at? I love old black and white movies. I love Charlie Chaplin, uh, Abbott and Costello, Three Stooges, which I've mentioned. Uh, I just love older films anyway. <clears throat> I thought it kept uh, the chemistry going between all the uh, characters I thought was good. I, I thought it kept everybody's uh, acting um, and storyline good. It kept my attention. And I even, and this is something weird, I even liked that they didn't show that Hercules was killed. Yeah. You knew what was happening. Oh, yeah. And I like the fact that Hercules can't get up and run off, and he's he's wounded, but he crawls out of the camera view, and then all the freaks are just going out of the camera view as well, and you know, okay, they're slicing and dicing, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's just little, it's little stuff like that. The music... Like I told you, you know, they always constantly have background music. I'm used to that. When you watch other movies, that's what you want to see. Yeah. Um, the only thing that really was hard for me was I had to keep the subtitles on when Frida would talk. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, because, yes, she was talking German in some spots, but even when she did talk sometimes in English, I was like, I can't, I can't really understand yeah. her. You know, but, I mean, that's nothing big. I'm just saying that was... One of the only really things. With it being a movie from 1932, the EQ and the the equalizing all the, the vocal levels and stuff like that, I mean, you can only do so much with older movies like that. But, yeah, I can, I can, I can see where you're talking about with that. Because some of the, I mean, not even just her, there were certain scenes where other people were talking, and I was like, what was did, that? Did you read the subtitles? Mm -hmm. Here's what's funny. Them people back in the 30s, they were able to watch that film and know exactly every word that was said. Because it was just, oh, hey, doll. Hey, you know, yeah. it was just the way they talked. Um, but one thing, that, as soon as it started, I'll tell you, that's one thing that made me actually smile was the opening credits where it showed this across the screen, so-and-so director, you know, uh, freaks real big. And then it's like, it shows, you know, what it is, it's like the movie poster, I guess, yeah. the banner. And the music's playing. I'm like, oh, there's that old classic music. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you just see a hand tear through the... Uh, board yeah. or the board, the poster, you know, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so here's my rating. Uh, I'm gonna give it a thumbs up because I did enjoy it. I do feel like uh, this is probably. Let me think how to say this. If you are not really big into the old movies, if you're not big into the black and white movies, or anything like that. I mean, it don't even have to be black and white. I'm just saying, if you're not into the older films, at least watch it once. I do think it's a film that people need to watch. My opinion, if you love the if you love black and white films, if you're fans of that, add it to your collection because there is two different types of people. Oh yeah. Uh, I bought the film on Vudu what over a year ago, maybe maybe a year ago, right? Just because I knew we was going to review it, but. I'm glad I bought it. Yeah. What Black Christmas. And oh, uh, <laughs> terrible. But anyway. Uh, you hear that pulling? I give it a thumbs up. 
I do recommend you to at least watch it once. I'm just going to keep it fair. You know, watch it once. Yeah. And I'm going to give it a B as well. Right on. Because uh, And I'll tell you why. Because that is one of them films that it's only an hour and two or an hour and four, whichever one you want to go by. Yeah. And it went by like that. To me, it did. But and it's, for me, the reason why, it, I mean, it was an hour and a half or it was an hour and two minutes long. It didn't feel that way because the story kept going. Like, yeah. it was, there, to me, there was no dead spots. That's like, what I was saying was a development of the story itself. I was just going to say there was no boring spots in it. Mm-hmm. It was just the ball was rolling and it kept me going, okay, now she's doing them dirty. Well, when's this going to happen? And when's then, bam, going? they show you what happens because right. of it. So exactly. I, that's, what I, that's what I really like. Like I said, and, they did a really good job directing the movie and writing the movie. Whoever, I didn't, didn't say who wrote the movie. But whoever did, they wrote a they wrote a really good story. And you know me, I don't get political and all that crap. But I will say this: I thought that it had an actual good meaning. Uh, don't judge people by the way they look. Oh yeah. Don't think you're better than people, or you'll end up half a chicken. So with that being said, <laughs> um, yes, I, I, I did enjoy the film. So yes, I'm giving it a B. Right on. We're pretty even. Yeah. And now. The next episode we have dun, dun, dun. is a film that Randy's never seen, and <laughs> I've heard so many bad things about this movie. That's what killed. Now, wait a minute. Are you saying the film's bad or bad parts in it? Because I know never hearing this is like I've a heard classic. Now, I've heard of, of, of bad things in the movie. Not necessarily that it's a bad movie, but I've heard bad oh, things man. about the movie. I can't wait. But anyway, our next film is going to be Reanimator. If this is anything close to Human Centipede, I'm making you watch it. No, 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 no. You ain't going to worry about that. Right, good. But uh, I really think you'll enjoy it. That's all I'm going to say about it. Right. But with that being said, as always, we're always going to say it at the end of our podcast. Leave us reviews on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us reviews. Don't care if they're negative. Hopefully they're not. But if they are, hey, tell us why you scored us, whatever you scored us. Um, leave comments, man. Whoever li- I've looked at our stuff at Spotify and Apple Podcasts is our two biggest ones. And Anchor, those three. Leave us, if you listen to our episodes, leave us um, a review score us whatever i don't care how many stars we get we're doing this because we love it and if we can make it better we will so with that being said uh you got anything else you want to add or i'm going to close this uh, i don't think so all righty well next next time you hear from us it'll be the film reanimator <sighs> so <laughs> so with that being said everyone remember to stay scared stay spooky